1: We continue with part two of our discussion on what it means for a believer to be filled with the Spirit. The scripture reference for this week is found in Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Be Filled with the Spirit, part two.
0: All right, number six, here's a new one for today. You must tarry for the Holy Spirit. Now, if this is familiar to you, I know what your spiritual background is. A lot of you probably haven't heard this one, unless you've come from a specific church background. The terminology comes from Luke chapter 24, verse 49 in the King James Version. This is Jesus speaking before He ascends to the Father. He says, and behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you. That was the promise of the Holy Spirit. He mentioned it many times that night before He went to the cross. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now, the misapplication of that verse has been turned into the concept that you must, again, after you receive Christ, then you have to go through a process of praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon you or to fill you. Heavy emphasis is put on tarrying for the Holy Spirit in, in, in some groups. By the way, the word tarry, T-A-R-R-Y, is an obsolete English word that means wait or stay. Nothing wrong with waiting on the Lord, being patient. That's a good thing. It literally means sit down. So the idea, you have to come and sit and wait and pray, whatever, for the Holy coming of the Holy Spirit. In some, uh, in some Christian circles, there is even a procedure for uh, staying at the altar as long as you need to. It might be uh, 10 minutes, it might be an hour, it could be five hours, it could be all night. But you pray and you tarry for the coming of the Holy Spirit. I have known one person in my life who was named Terry with a T-A-R-R-Y, and I was thinking, boy, you must have been way past your due date <laughs> if your mom and dad um, chose that for you. In reality, Luke 24, 49 has no direct application for Christians today. It was an instruction from Jesus to the group of believers who were gathered at the time of His ascension to wait for the initial arrival of the Holy Spirit to indwell all believers. That promise was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. There is no such group anywhere at this time. And would you notice also, if you're going to get real specific about the the middle of that verse, and if you want to take that verse for exactly what it says and obey it, you better get yourself to Jerusalem. You have to be in Jerusalem for that to be taken literally. So that's not what it means. Number seven, this one is much more common. You must speak in tongues as evidence of the baptism or of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are several problems with that teaching, uh, but it is the stated doctrinal position of several Pentecostal denominations and uh, certain charismatic groups as well. Now one of the problems is the meaning of the word tongues or speak in tongues. What is called speaking in tongues by the people who believe this teaching is not the gift of tongues of the New Testament. New Testament tongues were languages. They were unknown to the speaker, but it was the miraculous ability to, I I presume, think in your native language and speak and it would come out in in another language. It would would be a miracle. It is a miracle. It would be like me today um, starting to talk and suddenly I'm speaking Swahili. And there's somebody in the crowd who understands Swahili and hears the, the, the Word of God in, explained to them in Swahili. That's what the gift of tongues is, profound miracle predicted in the Old Testament, predicted for a specific purpose, explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're not going to go there today, but that's not going on anywhere today. People claim there is, but it's strange. Nobody ever has a recording of it actually happening. And, and uh, in the days where everybody has a cell phone in their pocket, you would think some of these miraculous things would be recorded, but uh, they're not. The modern phenomenon that is called speaking in tongues is described by linguists as ecstatic speech. It's not grammatical. It doesn't have the vocabulary of any language. It is a real phenomenon. It is a dramatic experience, but it's not the biblical gift of tongues, and I would add, and here is an absolute refutation that this is from the Lord, it's not unique to Christians, uh, and, and it's always related to or connected with bad doctrine on several other things. Ecstatic speech is a learned behavior, and it's been practiced for centuries by many groups, including pagan and Christian groups. There are people in this room that have been in a situation where they were told they must learn to speak in tongues in order to have the Holy Spirit. And so they've been shown how to speak in tongues. It's a learned behavior, it's taught. Usually tell you just empty your mind of all conscious thoughts. That should be a giant red flag, totally contradictory to what 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says. You should always pray with your understanding. But empty your mind of conscious thoughts and then just start. Just start making sounds. Maybe pick a phrase and repeat it over and over again or a few phrases and repeat them cyclically and pretty soon you will be speaking in tongues, they say. This is practiced by dozens of groups in this era. That includes certain groups of Mormons and other mystical religions and that should be plenty of evidence to know it's not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God Now some people are thoroughly convinced otherwise and and uh, and passionate about it that does not mean, that does not mean that they are necessarily not brothers and sisters in Christ they're brothers and sisters in Christ if they're trusting in Christ alone to save them by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone by the authority of the scriptures alone for the glory of God alone but evidence is, is irrefutable the gift of languages as manifested in the book of acts and then mentioned in 1 Corinthians has ceased Tongues of men and angels is not talking about ecstatic utterance. Um, And as a matter of fact, not only is that gift described that way, it has ceased. And the Bible says so. 1 Corinthians 13.8 predicts that unlike all of the other spiritual gifts, including all those that were manifested by the apostles, tongues would cease by itself. And the grammar is quite specific on that. And it did by the end of the era of the apostles. Now, second, and even more important, it was never true, even when the true gift was in operation, it was never true that all believers were to speak in tongues. Even those who disagree with the definition of tongues as known languages have to face the reality that if you say every believer has to speak in tongues, you disagree with a really good friend of mine named Paul the Apostle. I've already shown you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, a very clear statement that every single member of the body of Christ, even in Corinth, that church with so many problems, had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had received the Holy Spirit Himself. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. And if you keep reading, same apostle, same subject, same context, same chapter, probably the same page of your Bible, look down to verse 30 of that chapter. All do not have gifts of healings, do they? And that's worded in the Greek to expect a no answer. No, not everybody does healing. All do not speak with tongues, do they? No. All do not interpret, do they? No. So to make that leap to all Christians, even if the gift was being manifested today, and it's not, not all Christians would be doing it. So you're thinking now, all right, that looks pretty good, but... What about Mark, 7, Mark 16, 17? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Mark sixteen, seventeen, says, the end of the gospel of Mark, and these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And there are other things in the list, but we'll stop there because we're talking about tongues. Now, if you look carefully at that verse, you see it does not say... Every single person who believes in me will do all of these things. It says, these signs will accompany those who have believed in me. Among those who believe in me, these things will happen. And they did happen among the first century believers, but not to each and every one individually. You can survey through the book of Acts and you will find five instances in which the Holy Spirit came to a group of believers for the first time. Twice there was speaking in tongues, twice there was not, and once it says 120 of them spoke in tongues, but it doesn't say that happened to the other 2,880 who believed on that day. And I would add this. All of that about Mark 16:17 is irrelevant if you understand the overwhelming evidence that the Gospel of Mark ends at verse eight. There's a longer ending of Mark, and that's part of the so-called longer ending. And if you if you go listen to our uh, last message in the study of the Gospel of Mark, you'll see the evidence. That's not part of Mark's text. That that was that was added on later, and there's all kinds of possible reasons for that. But um, uh, but even if you know, understand. Even if you disagree on the definition of tongues, even if you uh, disagree on the ending of Mark, none of those passages teach that everybody needs to uh, speak in tongues in order to have the Holy Spirit. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.